Hello, this is Barbara Walters. I've been in seclusion for quite some time, since 2016. But I have come out of retirement to talk about Joan Crawford. I never had the chance to formally interview her on television. But she was fascinating. I interviewed her rival, Betty Davis, right after a stroke. And off camera, Betty Davis told me that it killed her to know that if she had had one more chance to work with Joan Crawford, she would have. She admired her from a distance and from afar. This is Barbara Walters talking about Joan Crawford, the lesbianism, but Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe, the affair, the many many twerps to the nut house. Swipe Jacket is actually a true story that Joan Crawford didn't want to tell about Hollywood. How she was in love with Clark Gable, but Clark Gable did not see her the same way. Her lesbian dalliances and adopting Christina Crawford who would wrote, write the tell-all Mommy Dearest. This is Barbara Walters as I introduce the Dr. Zeus film podcast, as we talk about Joan Crawford, her lesbian romps, the constant eating after midnight, the feeding, the scratching, that Oscar. Where is it now? Some say it is in a dumpster in West Hollywood. Others say that it aligns the tomb of Betty Davis. We will talk deeply about Joan Crawford. Stay tuned. I'll never forget you in was whatever happened to baby Jane. What was it like to play opposite Betty Davis in a film of this magnitude? I would think it was the most uh, rewarding experience in the world. As a matter of fact, I put the deal together. Did you really? Oh. I'd wanted to work with her since uh, we were at Warner Brothers together. And uh, I wanted to do Ethan Frome with her. I thought we would be great in mm-hmm. it with uh, Raymond Massey. Oh. Well, you were great in Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Well, it was a good box office <laughs> chemistry, I and think. And, of course, many of our viewers will never forget you and Mildred Pierce, the, the great picture that you won the Academy Award for. What is it like with to be in Hollywood and to win an Academy Award, Miss Crawford? Can you remember that night when your name was called and you accepted that Academy Award? What was the experience like for you? Did you cry like a lot of these young starlets do now, or did you... Cry? I was home in bed with 104 temperature oh. with my doctor holding me down so I wouldn't get to the theater to get to it. And the first person who ran into the door was Van Johnson. Oh, well. And then all the cameramen. Mm -hmm. You've worked with some great, great people through the years, Miss Crawford. Is there, um, let's start with actors. Is there one actor that you had the pleasure to know and to work with that you consider the high point in your career? I would think the king. Clark Gable, you're talking about? Yes, ma'am. And was he, was he short? I, I'm tall, so I'm aware of height in men. And, and, and I've heard he's sure. a little bit short, like about 5'8". Clark Cable was 6'3", if he was an inch. Oh.
Good evening. <laughs> we have to laugh at that. Joan Crawford. She's been parodied in Mommy Dearest. And American Horror Story. Betty, Feud, and Joan. Oh, I'm so tired that who gives a fuck at this moment? Yes. Joan Crawford. Interesting. I mean, come on. I loved Mildred Pierce. And I love when Carol Burnett did Mildred Fierce. But then, you know, I mean, things happen. and Books are written. And, um, yeah. Think, life can be crazy like that. It can be really crazy. Wouldn't you agree, Christina Crawford? Excuse me. Talk is finished in the living room, Miss Crawford. Good. something right. Don't do it at all. I'm sorry, Miss Crawford. Give me the soap. You see, Caroline, you have to stay on top of things every single minute. Okay. Caroline, do you get that? Yes, Miss Crawford. Helga, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the dirt. Yes, ma'am. Come on. Look at the floor. You call that clean? Do you? She said it was clean, all right. Is it real? Is it fabricated? Is it high drama? I don't know. I didn't live with Joan Crawford. Christina did, though. And everyone else associated with... Are they dead? I don't know. I don't know. I once asked my grandmother... Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, by the way. Once asked my grandmother, what did she think of that? And she said, I don't give a shit. She was a damn good actress. But see, she didn't play the teams. She loved Betty and Joan. Most people, oh, I'm team Betty, oh, I'm team Joan. My grandmother was like, I ain't got time for that shit. Oh, my God. But I will say that, you know, where she tells her, you know, she wants to clean it. What's funny is, in in actuality, Joan Crawford was cremated. I think she was. And so she became dust, the very thing she hated. Um, In 1999, the AFI made Joan the 10th actress of the 20th century. Guess where Betty Davis was on that list? Betty was number two. Ooh, if Joan Crawford, that would have killed her again. 
because a lot of women in films, especially years ago, they couldn't do that no prisoners kind of thing that Joan Crawford could do. If you thought if you win a few rounds with Joan Crawford, you might lose. You don't expect me to believe that, do you? I don't care what you believe. I'd like to slap your face. Why don't you try it? She said that when I go out of my house, uh, I only go out of my house looking like Joan Crawford. She said if they want to go and see the girl next door, they should go to the house next door. And by the way, there's a name for you ladies, but it isn't used in high society, outside of a kennel. Even when she was standing in the chorus, you know she wasn't going to be in the chorus for long. She just had to have it. Every part she played, she had to have it. Hello? What are you doing here this time of night? Looking for my room, 164. Oh, do you live here? Yes, for tonight. Everything about Joan Crawford was big, you know? Her talent, her stardom, her shoulders. I've never done a thing to hurt any of you. Don't make me do it now. She was so piercing in her acting and her look, her makeup, her hair. There was a Joan Crawford style that was one of the most high-performance styles of dressing and makeup. I'm coming up, Vienna! I'm waiting! Joan Crawford could do everything. You never used to drink during the day. Never used to drink at all. It's just a little habit I picked up from men. If you look at the span of that career, from Mildred Pierce... Not on your life! I said give it to me! whatever happened to baby Jane you've been spying on me <laughs> what do you think you are disgusting that's the American Film Institute and that's how I got into the classic stars including Joan Crawford Joan Crawford's career well it became mommy dearest it really did or so we know I mean she was fired from hush hush sweet charlotte and um well yeah what else can I say about a woman who really was given a death sentence because you know at 40 in Hollywood especially in the 1940s you were done even Betty Davis Betty Davis did all about Eve and then some of it dried up she called the 50s 10 long dark years and with Joan Crawford what happened Joan Crawford goes to a new studio oh you know you start a new job and you think oh I can't start over again and what happens? Well, shit. She does mommy and mommy. <laughs> she- Never be anything but a common frump whose father lived over a grocery store and whose mother took in washing. With this money, I can get away from every rotten, stinking thing that makes me think of this place or you. That slap was real. 
I should know. That's me, just a teenager, playing Joan Crawford's daughter. Get out, Vita. Get your things out of this house right now before I throw them into the street and you with them. Get out before I kill you. I know you've heard a lot about Joan Crawford, Mommy Dearest and all that. But the Joan Crawford I knew was dedicated and kind. Nobody I ever worked with enjoyed being a movie star more. Hey, hey! Before I met her, Joan had already had quite a career starting at MGM in 1925. Time in Mildred Pierce. I was with Joan the night she won the Oscar for that performance. She didn't go to the awards ceremony. She said she was ill. Maybe she was just afraid. Odd, isn't it, that Joan Crawford could be afraid? We have no wish to frighten you, mademoiselle. You're not frightening me. I think I'm right. And from now on, I'm going to do what I think is right. And now you're even lying to yourself. Yeah. Interesting. So we got cut off. That's the way with the Dr. Zeus film podcast. Sometimes the microphone is too close to my mouth. Kind of like Drake at the 2013 MTV Video Music Awards. That's a shout out to Carlos Delano. That tweet. Oh, I live for that. Hilarious. He said, yeah. Something about... I, I think I have to go back and look at it. But I can't, you know. I can't. One day, Carlos will be on. I don't know in what form. But, you know, yeah. So, Joan Crawford, Mildred Pierce. Oh, my God. But whatever happened to Baby Jane is probably, I mean, it's it's wire hangers times 11. Yeah. And to think of the legacy. Joan didn't want Betty to win that third Oscar. It would have brought them more money. since you were out of the house I thought perhaps you'd gone for a drive or something you know I, I was thinking it's ever so long since we had a talk oh uh, you know real talk about the future and everything Jane I didn't want you to be worried about the house even if I do have to sell it we'll still be together glad you're not gonna sell this house daddy bought this house you bought it for me. You don't think I remember that, do you? You're wrong, Jane. You've just forgotten. I bought this house for the two of us. 
and I signed my first contract. You don't think I remember anything, do you? There are a whole lot of things I remember. And you never paid for this house. Baby Jane Hudson made the money that paid for this house. That's who. You don't know what you're saying. Blanche, you aren't ever going to sell this house. And you aren't ever going to leave it. Either. first came back after the accident. You promised you wouldn't ever talk about that again. I know I did. But I'm still in this chair. After all those years, I'm still in this chair. Doesn't that give you some kind of responsibility? Jane, I'm just trying to explain to you how things really are. You wouldn't be able to do these awful things to me if I weren't still in this chair. Oh yeah, she was. Joan had moments, even in a lesbian romp. Johnny Guitar. Sorry, Emma. Your brother was a very fine man. How would you know? He was one man who never even looked at you. He was still a fine man. We want the dancing kidneys bunch. Why come to me? They don't live here. You're one of them. Now just a minute. We don't need you anymore, Marshal. We got enough trouble, Vienna. Don't you give us none. The only trouble we have here is what you brought in. Jinx! Yes, Mr. McIvers? You were driving the stagecoach. You saw the killing. Who did it? Answer the question. Well, there was four of them. I didn't ask you how many. I asked you who. The sun was shining in my eye. A while ago, you said it was the dancing kid. Say it now. You said it was the kid. I only said it could have been. Any more witnesses, Marshal? We don't need any more witnesses. We're taking you and your men into custody. Eddie. You can stop spinning the wheel. Come and get me, Mr. McIvers. We don't want no shooting, Vienna. I'm not coming peaceably, Marshal. Now look here. This is a hanging matter. We can't just go arresting people without proof. If the kid was here, would you ask for proof? The dancing kid in Vienna aren't the same. I say they are. They both cast the same shadow. Someone holds up the stagecoach. Your brother is killed, and all you can think about is hanging the dancing kid. You know he didn't do it. You all know it. What's your real reason, Emma? Because he's a killer. What has he killed? Why do you hate him so? What did he ever do to you? Maybe you don't hate him. If you've got something to say, you'd better say it, Vienna. Let Emma say it. I wouldn't spit on him. Oh, he was always eyeing me. I never told my poor brother because Len would have killed him. That's why he held up the stage and killed my brother, because now he thinks he can get me. That's why. You've got it a little twisted, haven't you, Emma? Now you think you can get him. She's crazy. You want the kid and you're so ashamed of it, you want him dead. You want me dead, too. 
Then maybe you can sleep nights. I won't sleep till I see both of you hanged. You and the kid and all of your filthy kind. Look at her, standing up there, staring down on us like a somebody. Go get her, drag her down. I've never done a thing to hurt any of you. Mm. Don't make me do it now. You're nothing but a railroad tramp. You're not fit to live among decent people. A railroad tramp, huh? So that's Mercedes McCainbridge and Joan Crawford. Yeah. Interesting. I've always felt, well, I'm not the only one. Vito Russo, who compiled The Celluloid Closet, the book, didn't live to do the documentary. Such an amazing... Um, civil rights activist for the LGBTQ um, has has hinted that they consider Johnny Guitar a big lesbian romp. Well, when you throw Mercedes McCambridge into the mix, and if you've ever seen Giant, oh Lord, uh, her and Joan Crawford and Johnny Guitar, it's like who was fighting to to grab it, you know? So, and and Joan was dressed, you know, she had the makeup, she. The shoulders. I mean, the the cover of the film. I mean, it's very masculine, masculine, masculine with the capital Joan Crawford. So yeah, and I, I'm not hating on Joan. Hey, I've heard that she had an affair with Marilyn Monroe and enjoyed it, and Marilyn Monroe was just like, um, I'm just trying it out, <laughs> supposedly, allegedly. Oh, Joan Crawford. Joan, talk to us. Conjure us. What would you like to talk about? Well, you know, the wire hangers and the... Stop. Stop. I only talk about that with Christina Crawford. And have you cursed her? Oh, I've cursed her to remain a blonde forever. And to remain fat. To your own daughter, Joan. She know what if she knew where to find the men and the booze. I thought it was the boys and the booze. Hollywood took liberties. I gave Christina Crawford a home, clothes on her back, and you chop down cherry trees at three in the morning. Well, someone had to redecorate, now didn't they? Joan, you've been dead a long time, since 1977. Your death was eclipsed by Elvis. I don't think it was eclipsed at all. If anything, I would have died making love to Elvis. But you were old enough to be his grandmother. Shut up, you. You say such nasty things. You sound like that Betty Davis. Okay, and that's been the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Joan, do you want to say anything more? I've been dead since 1977. I've had time to think. Betty's not here. Maybe she's in hell, or maybe I'm in hell. I don't know. But all I know is I only have one fucking Oscar, and that bitch had two. You know, Catherine Hepburn had five. <laughs> And that's been the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, where I just lost it. <laughs> Jumped the shark. Unpleasant dreams. 